Gentlemen, welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Porn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's Doug Tilly, number one super guy. Mo, it's our second episode of No Budget Nightmares on Dorkshelf.com. Ooh. I know it's very exciting, and of course. We followed up uh, an episode. So, so hold on, is that is that like saying we we now officially have taken a deuce on Dorkshelf? That we this is it. This is our deuce episode. Ooh. And what what better way to mark our second episode, Mo, mm-hmm. than by watching a movie that is so beloved that it's bound to bring people to the site <laughs> to check it out to see what what could Doug and Mo possibly have to say about this all time. Low budget classic, just like we're watching. Just a, a favorite amongst everyone. Uh, this is one of those movies that's constantly being recommended to us because everybody just adores it. You don't even need to call it by its full name. You no. just say, "My burnt brother," and everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you do. So, <laughs> so we'll talk about that movie in just a second, Mo. But something exciting has been happening recently, or has happened recently, uh, that has a distinct connection to No Budget Nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who was uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, we're starting off strong today. Um, anybody who watches uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, it was this last week. From what? SNL, that Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah, the one who breaks character and talks about how great things used to be. Um, he uh, he recently had on uh, Matt Farley, uh, well under the guise of uh, paparazzi and the photogs, but uh, uh, he's also the uh, the man who wrote and performed our theme song, and he is a musical savant. I mean, the guy can. I mean, he he really puts out a ridiculous amount of music, and not just music. Yeah. He also is, is responsible or partially responsible for a number of films. One of these days, we have to cover one of those movies. What do you think? We should, yeah. Because, I mean, I've actually seen, I'm surprised to say this, but I've actually seen every movie he's made. And they're, <laughs> there's, uh, they're, well, I mean, you know, they're fun. They're, and I, they're, 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 I can't even say anything else about it. We'll, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll cover it when we cover it, but they're, they are a lot of fun. Mo has assured me that he's been awake for more than a few minutes here. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been, I have been. I'm, I don't know why I'm all of a sudden super tired. But, <laughs> You're uh, just thinking about the movie that we're going to have to discuss today. Yeah, I know exactly. I'm just like, oh god, this. Here we go. I know that John Cross, friend of the show, John Cross is uh, a huge fan of Matt's, and Peter Kaplowski, who's a friend of the show, he is. He just got kind of on the Matt Farley bandwagon over the last few months and is just losing his mind on how much he loves this stuff mm-hmm. but speaking of that mo and we should m- m- mention this briefly at the top of the show you recently also spent some time with a friend of the show john cross who me yeah 
Uh, yeah, I got to spend a couple hours with him uh, last week uh, on Sunday, which is actually half the reason why I'm so fucking tired tonight. Yeah, you fucked up your whole week. Yeah, yeah. I went to New York. <laughs> I went to New York last last Sunday, and man, it has just thrown my sleep schedule off so fucking bad all week. <sighs> but it, but it, it was it was fun while I was there, you know. <laughs> Not to pull back the curtain too far, but Mo has uh, successfully been late for our recording sessions both today. Um, which was the reschedule of yesterday, mm-hmm. which he slept right through. Right through, yeah. Well, that's okay, because yeah. we're here to talk about a movie today, Mo. What's this movie called? My Lovely Burt Brother and His Squashed Brain. Burt, like from Burt and Ernie? Burnt. Burnt. My Lovely Burnt Brother and a Squashed Brain, directed by Giovanni Arduino and Andrea Leoy. And it's funny, Mo, I think both of us went into watching this movie not realizing it would be in a language other than English. Yeah, I didn't realize that it was Italian. (laughs) Those two, I mean, we did mention the directors on the previous episode, but it didn't really occur to me that it was likely that this movie was going to be in Italian. Yeah. The tagline for the movie, a film with guts, lots of guts. No. I'm actually going to read the the, uh, plot summary here on the IMDb before we get into it. It says... Underground Italian, extremely gory, gross-out comedy, in quotation marks, in early John Waters' vein, about a badly burnt morphine junkie who is turned into a zombie after he gets infected with infected, sorry, injected with infected urine by his pug-ugly, crazy sister. That's fairly inaccurate. That's pretty inaccurate. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That, yeah. that That is... For one thing, it doesn't really capture what someone might like about it, but also some of the details are just... Plain wrong. It's wrong. But maybe it's just a mistranslation that we had to deal with, Mo. It did kind of seem like this movie, despite it being Italian and um, in in the language of Italy, <laughs> that it was sort of made, I think, for an English-speaking audience to appreciate. Yeah, I think it was, too. Mo, before we get into the the minute-by-minute <laughs> minute details of this fucking movie, uh-huh. um, I should... A, mentioned that this movie was recommended to us by Josh Johnson, the director. You son uh, of a bitch. (laughs) Who, of course, course is the world's biggest science-crazed fan. And he uh, came to me comparing this experience to that of science-crazed in terms of its uh, bat-shittedness. And I can see a comparison point, and we'll talk Uh, about that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they're very different movies. But then again, who would ever make a movie like science-crazed? No one. This is a lo-fi movie, Mo. Very. Tell us what the most distinctive uh, element... Like, when you were watching this, like what would, were you struck by mostly? The music. The music is not bad. Yeah, the music's actually pretty good. And were you struck by the fact that it was almost unwatchable because of how low quality the video was? Oh, it's, that was one of the first things I... <laughs> like, within, within minutes of the movie starting, you know, we get, uh, we get that scene where the guy pops up on the screen. And you had to tell me that it was the producer... I only I only knew it was the producer because I read the uh, Bleeding Skull review of this, and they say early in the video a producer comes on the screen. I'm like, oh, that's what that says. Yeah, yeah, because like you, because you just cannot at all read what what the title is, and then the and then when he actually finally says something because he sits on camera for way too long before he talks, uh, you know, and it, and, it and the the tub the and the subtitle pops up. This is this flick sucks, you know. I'm like, oh man, this is like five minutes into the movie. (laughs) And we've also expressed in the past, Mo, that we 
or at least I'll say, I'll just speak for myself here. I get a little irritated when a movie tries to be down on itself and to say that it sucks and right, that you right. know, you're an idiot for watching this piece of junk. And it's like, well, look, let me decide if I'm an idiot or not, okay? I feel like I probably am, but I don't need you to tell me. Oh, yeah. No, no. I was definitely an idiot for watching this, but... Mm-hmm. And more of an idiot when I was done. Yes. <laughs> it actually robbed you of some of your uh, precious... Uh, brain cells. Yeah, no, I, actually, actually, there's a lot of really fun moments, but it's it it is uh, a bit of a slog. There's a couple. Okay, so it's it, the video quality is terrible. Terrible. Uh, we we were watching a version that's currently on YouTube, which normally we don't direct people to illegal copies. I'm not sure where you would get a legal copy of this at the moment. Certainly, seek that out. And the reason I would suggest that. Uh, is because <laughs> it's wherever version you get and wherever you get it from, it's bound to be more watchable than the version that we watched. Yeah, probably. And um, but thankfully, the fact that it's subtitled, there also isn't a lot of dialogue in this movie. There's like very, very little, in fact. Yeah, there's, um, yeah, exactly. But like yourself, Mo, I think there's a lot of enjoyable moments. This isn't a movie where I was sitting there being bored the whole time. Oh, no, it's not like fucking Nightmare Museum or whatever. You know, it's like, oh. right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I just had a weird flashback there for a moment. Yeah, I mean, and and, and granted, it took me two hours to watch this 60-minute movie, but <laughs> um, but it wasn't, like, painful. Like, I had to stop every now and again because stuff was happening in my house. It wasn't, right. it wasn't like I was stopping because I was so pained by watching the film. It's, it really wasn't that bad. It just... The quality of everything else kind of sucked. So it, the movie starts with some text on the screen mode. What does this text say? Uh, there is a disclaimer talking. A disclaimer. About, that's yeah, right. Talking about how there's some gory scenes and blah blah blah. I didn't write the whole thing out. I just. Well, I did. Yeah, I. I, I, I <laughs> that's why I didn't because I figured you had. It says this video contains several gory scenes and is not intended for the squeamish. There, and then it cuts right to a Mary Poppins VHS tape. Oh, is that what that is? Because I couldn't read what it said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good at squinting at really low quality video to try uh, to make it's it's <laughs> it's a talent I got from watching a lot of scrambled porn yeah, in my I, early teenage I, years. I guess so. I'm surprised I'm not a master at it then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, my note my note just says opens in a video store with fun disco esque music. Uh, can't read any of the titles of the films. It's hard, like, this is a cool video store in the late 80s, because mm. this movie, by the way, is from 1988. Uh, Jesus. The, the, I know. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> what year would you have guessed, Mo? Uh, maybe 82, 83. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, just, just super low, low quality. So it is a video store, and it's... It's hard to go into too much de- detail about what happens here. It's a weird video store because there's lots of people doing weird things that are supposed to be amusing. Um, and one of them I actually found really amusing. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Mo, what what did you like about this scene that takes place in a video store? Um, I liked the man with the fingerless leather gloves, uh, <laughs> you know, and and like a dress jacket. I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of what else, uh, like. Because he's, like, eating stuff, and then, like, he blows his nose into something. He starts playing with the boogers. It's really weird. 
I don't know what impression people are getting from this movie right now. Yeah. I mean, it really this this part is really just a few gags with people in this video store oh, and it's it not is. going to matter for the rest of the plot. Oh yeah, not at all. Oh yeah, and I liked the uh I liked the, I don't know if it's the same guy or not, but the guy who uh puts the shaving cream on his face and then and then doesn't shave. <laughs> and my favorite part is there is a guy who's like scanning the VHS shelves mm. and then he picks one up and he tries to put it under his coat to steal it. But he is realizes he's being watched by one of those cardboard stand-ups of Arnold Schwarzenegger from the movie Commando. Predator. Which was from Predator, that's right. It comes up behind him and uh, it, it makes him think twice about stealing the video. Yeah, and then he punches the cardboard cutout. Yes, then he punches the cardboard cutout. And I like there's like there's like a scene where like there are some tapes stacked on the side of a table and like this hand keeps coming up and stealing them and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's I mean very silly. Yeah, it's a it's a really goofy moment. Like I guess like, see, I there's it's really funny you reading that that synopsis of it because there's at no point I ever would have said anything in that is John Waters esque, you know. But uh, but but now that you say that, I can totally see where they're trying to do that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, I, you can you can sort of see it if you have that in your mind. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But but just watching it by itself, no, I never would have considered any of that. Waters esque. Did you recognize any of the posters that were on the wall here, Mo? Uh, I wasn't paying that much attention, to be honest. It's okay. Most of them were almost impossible to make yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I did notice a poster for the VHS uh, tape for Mortuary, which is a movie I saw nice. in the early nineties. <laughs> anyway, so this is all b- leading up to one thing: a guy comes in to rent a video. I mean, by the way, there's no dialogue in this sequence, so it's you're just trying to guess. And every character that's in it, they all have these bug eyes that are like. They're almost like acting like silent movie type. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very... And that, that's consistent for the rest of the movie. It's very pantomime. So this guy comes in to rent a video. And I think what's happening is that he keeps like throwing tapes over his back to show that he's not interested in them. Mm-hmm. And eventually he takes one off the guy's desk and walks off with it. I think that's right, right? I think so. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's wearing suspenders. I recall that. I and... <laughs> Some of these details are difficult. Look, it's hard to tell what the fuck is going on in this movie. Yeah, yeah. But when when it comes right down to it, the plot itself is simple, but the details are difficult. So this guy with suspenders goes home and he turns on his TV, and um, it's so strange. He starts picking up magazines, Mm -hmm. and his reaction to it is so strange. Like every magazine he picks up, there's a part where he's just like literally like shaking in his seat. He's so excited about something. And uh, then he throws down the magazine, and then he picks up the VHS tape and sniffs it. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a moment in this where I said, seriously, this looks like something me and my friends would have filmed in high school. Like, yeah, and uh, it feels that level of lo-fi. Yeah. Not to not to criticize you and your friends, of course. Oh, no, no. We, the stuff we filmed in high school was shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he picks up the VHS tape, and he puts it in the VCR, and we realize this is just a framing story we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Because soon, what they're what this person is watching, that's going to be the movie we're watching. But the first thing that happens is one of those classic um, leader countdowns on the screen, which leads to, as you mentioned before, Mo, just a guy on the screen sitting on a couch. He has a beard. It says producer under him. Sure. The image is the image is like glaringly white. It's hard to tell what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's completely washed out. Like if, uh, like I didn't post this on the. Facebook group, but I posted this to my own page. Uh, a shot of the guy. Uh, it's just, it's just white, and like you can kind of see his beard. That's, that's kind of it. Um, 
we should also note that this is now five five full minutes into the film, mm-hmm. and the music that was playing that disco esque music was playing the entire time that first five yes. minutes, and it just ended. So like, yes, it took me until like I'm sitting here watching the movie, thinking to myself. Please tell me that, like, this isn't, like, on the wrong audio track or something, that there's not something wrong with this movie. Uh, Because normally, you don't watch a film for five minutes without any dialogue whatsoever. And it's just, it was super confusing, especially to start the film. And the first dialogue in this movie is the producer saying, this "This film sucks. Yeah, this flick sucks. And... I think I mean I think it's pretty clear that all of the dialogue in this movie is overdubbed oh, because yeah. and and the performances again we already mentioned that they're kind of like bug-eyed and very like silent movie. It's like nobody is taking it very seriously, but it's also kind of weirdly surreal how everyone is kind of gesticulating and swinging their arms around. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this the guy says this film sucks and that goes into what's really like a second set of opening credits because there was a, a few right at the very beginning and now we get the real credits for the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually think some of these names are fake. <laughs> it seems uh, like there's a way Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you trying to tell me that there isn't a homeboy Rudy? <laughs> well, some of them could be kind of like pseudonyms, but I also think there's just way too many names for the fucking amount of people who were involved in making this. Yeah. Um Plus, the, plus the opening credits are like three minutes long. Yes, they're very long, and it's just white uh, letters on black background. Yeah, 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 and like, and it starts with the title, and then it ends with the title again. <laughs> the title, by the way, is "My Lovely Burnt Brother and His Squash Brain." Right. Uh, it does mention that Burnt Bernie plays himself in the movie. Yeah, I like how they spelled burnt. <laughs> B e r n t. So after the title is played once again to end the credits, we get what is probably the most memorable part of the movie. We get another warning for the screen. In fact, it says, another warning. This film was shot in Beer-O-Vision. Mm-hmm. For the complete enjoyment of this unique movie, please drink 35 cans of El, El Cheapo beer. beer in the following 40 seconds, which then leads to the word cheers Blinking on the screen for 40 seconds straight. Yeah, I actually, um, I didn't have any beers, so I was, I figured, you know, it says 35 cans, I said maybe I can take three, two, five shots. Right. Uh, and I couldn't. So, no. I, I got three down, and then it was really hard for me to take notes for the rest of the film, but. I was gonna say, right? <laughs> you gotta pay attention here, Mo. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't thinking. I was sober as a priest, as per usual, when so, watching one of the No Budget Nightmares. So you were very drunk on the blood of Christ? <laughs> I was drunk on cock. Oh, Jesus Christ. What can <laughs> I say? <laughs> the Catholic Church. Anyway, the wah, cheers, wah. cheers blinks on the screen, ends with white on black, translucent. Anyway, burp. burp. It just says burp with an exclamation point on the screen. Yeah. That leads into the movie proper. Yes, a good eight minutes in. Now the movie starts. And I was immediately confused. <laughs> Let me tell you what is supposed to be happening here. We're going across a, uh, a collection of equipment. And the equipment is supposed to be dental equipment. Mm. Because the person who owns it is supposed to be a dentist. I did not pick up on this until about three quarters of the way through the movie. Yeah, until until um, until the weird punk rock girl uh, who left her band to 
solve this case for some fucking reason, says, oh, these guys are all uh, clients from the same dentist. I'm like, oh, he's supposed to be a dentist? <laughs> because the equipment includes, like, uh, some, like, chemistry equipment. Right. Like, like beakers, a microscope, and a skull. Yeah. <laughs> and we see someone who, again, I thought was a scientist. He pours a drink, and then he just drinks directly from the bottle. Yeah. And uh, someone knocks on the door saying that um, that they're ready to go home for the day. And it, her name is Jane. Um, and he asks her to say hello to her brother. She nods robotically. And then she leaves and he goes, bitch. And then just continues to drink. Yep. And I thought that this guy was going to be one of the main characters of the movie. So did I. But he is not. Not at because all. Because it's actually... This woman, who is, I guess, a nurse or something, uh, an assistant for the dentist, she is really one of the main characters in the movie. Yeah, she is. So, so let's talk about this movie, Mo. Sure. This movie, My Lovely Burnt Brother and His Squashed Brain. <laughs> this woman, she comes home and talks to her brother, Bernie. And Bernie is our main guy. He is the burnt brother. He has the squashed brain. And what is notable about Bernie? Uh, that he wears a Ku Klux Klan hood. Yes. Yeah. He wears a Ku Klux Klan hood for the entirety of the movie. For the entirety of the movie. Until the very, very end. That's not very funny, though. It's not funny at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but it's definitely not funny. Yeah. Uh, but I think, again, going back to the idea of intentional bad taste... In in a John Waters vein, I guess I can see why they would do something like that. Though, in the case of this movie, Bernie is not necessarily, I guess, supposed to represent any sort of white supremacy or any sort of racial element at all. It is simply a visual that is supposed to offend. And I think someone thought it was funny to have someone in a KKK mask doing the uh, Vulcan salute from Star Trek. And that's how he's introduced. Yeah. and And, I mean, now, still... They, there's a couple of moments where they sort of explain why he's wearing the the hood, uh, because it was because the reason why he's in the situation he's in is because he got hit by a car. Yes. Um. So she kind of. Oh jo- God! I yeah, just yeah. remember the joke with that whole. Yeah. Fuck. Right. 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 You know. Um. So she's like, "Well, it was a black car that hit him." So there, and she's like, "Oh, there's no excuse for your sick jokes." But, I mean, come so- on. It's a black car, so he's now a clan member. Um, so there is, you'll notice, listeners, that we don't have a lot of sound clips for this episode for obvious reasons. Just like with Plaga Zombie, you, you wouldn't be interested in hearing people necessarily deliver the dialogue in a language you can't understand. Right. But I did put this line in here, just to give you a sense of how the audio is in the movie. Uh, when uh, the, the girl, I don't think we ever get a name for her. Jane. Jane, you're right. That's right, because he said Jane a moment ago. I didn't, I didn't notice that because I didn't connect that it was the same person for quite a while. So Jane, she gets scared. Like she's, uh, she gets startled by Bernie when she gets home, and this is her reaction. Stronzo, mai messo paura. Stronzo, stronzo. Stronzo, stronzo. That's her saying, and I quote: "You prick, you scared me, you lousy prick." Yeah. So later on, and I have this in my notes all the time because things just happen and then there, something else happens. So I just have later something else happens. <laughs> we uh, Later on, Bernie is still wearing the mask and he's stirring something. He's like stirring some food some for them to eat. Gross looking soup type shit. It's exactly. really fucking gross. 
And uh, while doing that, he had, he, I guess he's playing with like a toy car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he drops the car into the food. And that's when we get a little bit of the elaboration that it was a car accident that made him like this. Yeah. And then he reaches in and grabs it. And uh, and that's when she also says that joke that you mentioned, Mo, that it was a black car, but it doesn't give him a right to make sick jokes. Up to this point, it seems like Jane is going to be the voice of reason. Nope. <laughs> like the plot of this is so simplistic, and and you'll you'll you the listeners will get it pretty soon. But just to give you an idea of what we're getting into here, Jane works at this dentist office. She will in just a few scenes from now be offended by some really terrible clients of this dental office, this dentist. Uh, and then she will spend the rest of the movie forcing her brother to kill these people. Yep. And I will say... We can honestly th- end the episode right now, because that's, <laughs> that's the entire fucking plot of the movie. And these individual murder scenes are kind of the uh, modus operandi for the movie existing. Mm-hmm. But that is, you know, just get that in your mind. I will also say that if you if you didn't pick up on certain elements of the plot over the first 20 minutes, you would probably be very confused... Uh, I, I've read a review of this where the person didn't seem to get that the people getting killed were these people from the office earlier. Well, and I can, I can nigh, see how you might miss that. Yeah, they're nigh unrecognizable. Like, there are at least three scenes where I'm like, okay, so now the doctor's getting killed. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's not the doctor. And then the next scene comes up and another guy's like, oh, that's what's now the doctor's getting killed. Oh, that's not the doctor either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and in fact, the next person we're inter- introduced to, they get killed later on. But I did not realize at the time that that was the same person. I didn't either. Part of it is the video quality. Part of it is because all Italian people look exactly the same. It's true. They all are kind of thin with dark hair and weaselly and, frankly, untrustworthy. <laughs> Jesus. So what I'm trying to say is... <laughs> never never trust those damn eye ties. <laughs> no, no, we love our Italian listeners. I have a lot of Italian. I, I'm, please. What, are you Italian, no, Mo? No, no, but Connecticut's just fucking lousy with Italians. They're all over Lousy with... I'll tell you, when you use the word lousy to describe a lot of something, <laughs> generally it's not a positive word to use. No, but but uh, but no, I have a lot of uh, a lot of Italian friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm good friends with a lot I'm of Italians. I'm good with my best friend's Italian. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the good hey, ones. You know, you're one of the good ones. Yeah, you... you Someone rings the doorbell of the house. <laughs> you dago bastard. I was oh, like, go Mike, cut that part out. <laughs> Jane answers the door, and she's upset because the person at the door is like an Avon-style saleswoman who has a very uh, unpleasant matter, manner, I should say, where she, uh, she introduces herself to, to, buy, to sell her makeup by saying, there's always hope for an ugly hag like yourself. Yeah, she's a she's real, real nice lady. And then the sister, uh, Jane, she flips off the saleswoman and sticks out her tongue, and the suggestion is that this woman comes by every day, basically just to irritate her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Later on, <laughs> Bernie, <laughs> Bernie is reading a magazine with the hood on, and he starts to convulse. I did not realize exactly what was going on here, but apparently what's happening is that the burns that he's suffering from and the injuries, they won't heal. Uh, so she's been stealing junk, in quotation marks, from the dentist, uh, because otherwise he would have died from the pain. Yeah. 
And uh, I didn't realize that he was convulsing either. I just thought he was like a puppy dog getting excited yeah. for a treat. Yeah, it yeah. looks a lot more like that, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that the fact that he is addicted to some sort of drug, that's also kind of important for something that's about to happen in a couple of scenes from now. So this goes then back to the dentist's office, uh, which, again, at this point of the movie, I did not realize was a dentist's office. <laughs> and uh, the doctor, the dentist, tells Jane to call the next one, meaning the next patient to come in. She mm-hmm. goes into the waiting room, and there's a group of men there. One of them, I believe, is sniffing cocaine at the time. Yeah. And she says, next one, which makes them all very, very upset. Yeah, and, and I, you know, the, the, the chain of events that, that uh, uh, happens between when she says next one and, and somehow it devolves <laughs> into every single one of them chanting, fuck the ugly bitch. Yeah. You know, and it's like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, what the fuck? It's like they get offended by her saying next one, but like, like next one. Next yeah. one, what do you mean by that? And someone says, yeah, the next one to fuck this ugly bitch. And then they right. all start chanting, fuck this ugly bitch, while sticking their uh, pointer fingers through the zippers of their pants uh, in, in a mock uh, uh, vision of what their penises look like. Mm. So they're just chanting at her, and she's not very happy about it, nor should anyone be. Uh, right. I feel like this is quite a, you know, sometimes on this show, Mo, I've been accused of being a social justice warrior. Sometimes? Every once in a while it does happen. <laughs> uh, but I should mention that I'd like to think that most of our listeners would think that this is inappropriate. Um, at at best, it's inappropriate. At, yes. <laughs> at best, this is not the way that a grown man should behave in front of a woman. Right, and she responds angrily. I would argue. I would argue this is a way. This is not a way that a grown man should should uh, act in front of anyone. I, uh, fair enough. I should yeah. also mention that this might be the usual way that Italian men behave. I don't know. <laughs> I only. I can only use this movie as an example. But it's. I'm just saying that it, I don't cater to this sort of behavior. Sure. So she responds by. Um, <laughs> She's upset. Like she's just, for weirdly, she doesn't seem too upset at first. But then she, they start shaking their fists at her, and she just like grits her teeth. And it cuts to the dentist, and he's just drinking. Um, and then one guy says, "I think it's my turn." And she's like, "Okay, follow me." And as she's leading him to the dentist's office, the he the guy just kind of air humps, while the other ones still yell, "Fuck the ugly bitch!" at her. Yeah, because the whole the whole uh, scene of madness kind of dies down when the guy says, "Well, I think I'm next." <laughs> yes, it comically just stops. It's like, "Oh, yeah, okay." It's, yeah, it's like, "Okay, so uh, time to progress the storyline." And then, but then he like gets past her, and everybody starts chanting again. So she turns around to look at them, and he starts like humping furiously in the air. And it's like, "What the fuck is going on?" So speaking of what the fuck is going on, what happens oh. next, Mo? Um, I'll tell you what, what I'm not even entirely sure. I like, I like it. You, right now you're reading your notes. Like, no, I know how, what happens next. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> like later it shows her cutting her fingernails and like biting her fingernails. Yeah. Yeah. And then it cuts to something, Mo. And what, describe what it cuts to. This is like the guy who's like cutting something. I guess we're supposed to assume it's his dick. It just cuts suddenly to a guy with his shirt off. Yeah. And he's staring at the camera, and he's got a pair of garden shears. 
yeah, yeah, in yeah. his hands. And off screen, he puts the garden shears down. So, uh, like, he's holding the handles and the, the snipper bit is pointing down. And he puts it downwards and he's supposed to, he's cutting it off. He's theoretically cutting off his penis. Um, then he picks up what is supposed to be his penis, uh, the best penis I've seen since Ant Farm Dickhole. Um, uh-huh. He picks it up and starts eating it. Yeah. Then he screams and rubs blood all over his face. Weird fucking... Yeah, just a, just a complete non sequitur, you know, of a scene, which is... It won't be the first. I will say, Mo, movies which feature extreme violence done to genitalia, that does have an effect on me. It does when it's like... Like when you know what's happening. Yeah, or when it's shown, as opposed yeah, to right. just implied. Here, I do have to say, I was not amused or disturbed I- by it. No, no, I just was confused at what was happening because it just didn't make any sense with what had just happened. Like in some of those cannibal movies, Mo, there are scenes uh-huh. where a guy's dick is cut off and then yeah. like eaten by somebody. In some of those sequences, I feel like, hey, I'm glad that's not happening to me. Right, right. Or even like, uh, <laughs> or even where, where it's not necessarily shown, um, but is strongly implied, like, uh, like in one of the revenge scenes in I Spit on Your Grave, right. where she she switchblades the dude's dick in the bathtub. Um, you know, like that's effective because you know what's happening and it makes sense. And it's really painful to watch this one. I have no idea. Like I, you know, like I can't even say that he was necessarily chopping off his own dick. Who knows? It's just something happened. And then he ate something and then he smeared blood on himself. It just didn't make any fucking sense. Listeners. Do you have a favorite scene where someone's balls or (laughs) penis are mutilated in a film In a film? I should add that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right in and let us know. So later on, we're not, we're not talking about my divorce here. (laughs) Later on, Jane arrives home once again, and she looks around for Bernie because it looks like the apartment has been kind of trashed. Yeah. The doorbell rings, and it's the saleswoman once again, but this time Jane just screams and shuts the door. Uh, Bernie, who apparently, I guess, was asleep at some point. Was he in the bathtub at this point? Yeah, I think he might be, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wakes up at her shutting the door. She goes in and yells at him for making a mess, asks him why he did, and he says it's because he needs more junk because he's an addict, Mo. Mm. And then what happens? Um, Okay, so... (laughs) Speaking of uh, of genital torture, she says uh, she'll give him what he deserves and then <laughs> kicks him in the dick a bunch of times. Like, literally for like three minutes, Yeah, she just stomps on his balls again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the music that's playing in the background while this is happening. So, think about this music. This fucking strange music. And she's just stomping on his dick again and again and again. Yep. And it goes. <laughs> Alright, that's that's enough of that. So that's what happens. Oh man, I was dancing. Followed by a scene of her, Jane, mm-hmm. pissing into a pot. She's sitting, squatting over it, and pissing into it. Then she puts some of that piss into a needle, urine, I should say. <laughs> And then she injects Bernie with it. Yeah, she like stabs him in the gut with it. And... <laughs> That's the classic sound. That's the technical term, yeah. Uh, which causes him to vomit a bunch of bile and shit. Which is really gross to watch. It is really gross to watch. Yeah. 
And um, for some reason, it doesn't turn him into a zombie. It just makes him, for some reason, very susceptible to influence. Yeah, I never at one point said, oh, he's a zombie. Like, he's just being controlled by her um, due to her piss injection. But she somehow realizes that now he will do whatever she says. And she starts by telling him, I said, (laughs) he gives her the old Tarantino special. (laughs) (laughs) Because she tells him to lick her shoes clean. Right. By the by the way, uh, audience, um, that's a great band name. If anybody wants to take it, uh, piss injection. Feel, feel free to feel free. It's yours to have. I have a question for you, Mo. Sure. If you were to discover that by injecting your own piss into somebody, that they would be able to, you would be able to control them in a zombie-like way. Would mm-hmm. you use that power, or would you feel like it would be wrong to inject someone with piss? Uh, I don't see myself injecting anybody mm-hmm. with, with urine, but I mean, you never know until the, until it actually happens. Yeah. I mean, that's that. No, I think no. the, the answer is no, oh, I would not inject right. my urine. into. I, I was just going to say that. I think all of us feel the same way as your first answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then she gets him to eat his own vomit and yeah. this is, is pretty also, gross. Also gross. Yeah. So he scoops in some in his hand and he puts it under his hood and eats it. Uh, and then she tells him to take a pair of scissors and to pierce his own arm. And so then it, this is our first kind of, like, we the guy cutting his dick off, we don't see anything. This is a effect of him, like, slicing up his arm. Again, the video quality is so bad here. Mm-hmm. And he's cutting up his arm, and it, there's blood all over the place. And she just goes, you must obey me fully, and laughs like a maniac. But it's pretty gross. I mean, him cutting up his arm. It could look pretty good. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's it's fairly effective. It's it's the first like actually effective scene in the movie so far, and we are almost a quarter of the way through the film now. So uh, the next thing that happens is really the kind of um, key for the plot of the rest of the movie. But if you don't understand what's happening, then it would probably throw you off. What it is is we see her then at the dentist's office looking through files. And what she's doing is finding out the addresses and names of the people who were calling her uh, the ugly bitch in that earlier scene. Yeah, which is funny because I actually missed this scene entirely somehow. Uh, and ju- and my notes just go right to the next scene. It's very easy to miss because there's no yeah. mark. Like, she looks different in the scene. It's just like the, the, there's no reason that someone should be looking at files. It wouldn't make sense unless you put it all together sort of in retrospect. Mm. So then it cuts to a gentleman who's gone out to dinner with his sweetheart. Oh, my. So uh, this is very cleverly filmed. So you don't see the person that he's talking to the whole time. But right. um, he's he's sitting down at a table. He's having dinner. He keeps talking, like referring to the fact that this person that he's with, that she's kind of his number one. But he keeps like picking up a phone and telling other women that he won't like won't be able to go on a trip with them. He won't be able to come home until later. And then we see that the phone that he's talking into is unplugged. Yeah, it's not even plugged in. Then he tells the person he's with that the weekend is all for him and her. Then he sticks his finger in her food and eats it and then suggests that they should do away with foreplay because you want me bad. He stands up. We are we are then shown that he's not wearing any pants. And he goes to the other side of the table, Mo, and what do we see? It's a blow-up doll. He was having dinner with a blow-up doll the whole time. 
classy. And so he says to the doll, okay. I wonder if they were, ha- I wonder if they were having Italian. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> One way or another, yes. And certainly she'll be having Italian right after this. Wah, wah. So he says, okay, bitch, come with me. Because little light misogyny makes everything a bit better. Mm-hmm. And then it shows him uh, post-coital bliss with the doll. Yeah, I love the fact. See, now this is one of the one of the jokes that I actually really enjoy. Yes, is the fact that the doll is smoking. I thought that was great. That is amusing, Mo. My favorite yeah. part is him saying to the doll, "No need to thank me, but rather my big shiny knob." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why it's worth squinting to try to read the subtitles in this bucket thing. <laughs> he then feigns that she wants more. And he then says, I have elsewhere the tool to satisfy your desires, which makes him get up and go to the bathroom where he gets like a finger-shaped vibrator. It's just fucking loud. Yeah, I would suggest that it would probably be ineffective on a blow-up doll, but what do I know? Yeah. So (laughs) then the blow-up doll appears next to the guy, which confuses him greatly and confused me even more. Until we see that until. <laughs> until until we see that the blow up doll is actually being manipulated by Bernie, who has a big butcher knife. Yeah, he's got this giant cleaver and he just proceeds to hack the guy. Yeah, he just hacks the shit out of the guy while this song plays. <laughs> Get used to that song. Yeah, get used to this one. It's a good song. It's actually pretty badass. Though I sometimes think that this movie is really just a music video with a movie around it. No, it's literally a music video with this movie with the movie around. Uh, we don't get to see him do a lot of the chopping. We just see like a bunch of blood cover the KKK mask. Yeah. But after he's done, after Bernie is done slashing up this guy, he grabs the vibrator and he puts it in the guy's mouth. Nah. Oh, the indignity. So we're about halfway through this movie. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, are. Yeah, that's, that's funny to think we're halfway through the movie and that's like the first like real kill. <laughs> but that's like what we've been through so far, ladies and gentlemen, is pretty much what we're going to experience. They now add plot into it, but it doesn't matter. All we're going to have for the rest of this movie are a series of murders and a music video that happens about three quarters of the way through and just grinds the movie to a fucking halt. Yeah, but it's the best part of the entire movie. It is absolutely the best part of the movie. (laughs) So we then cut to uh, some cops who are exploring the murder scene that we just saw take place. And so let's see. The, I don't know any of the names except for the female, and she's the only one that's important anyway. She, she's Jenny. Jenny. Um, and the why don't the, you love me, Jenny? It's a very, and I was and I was a run in. Um, and then the but the and the other guy, the guy, uh, the guy who she's talking to, he's Lieutenant Lee. Lieutenant Dan, you got new legs. Right. I'm su- so I'm just going to pretend that the other <laughs> cop is named Bubba. There you go. You know. He died right there in Vietnam. <laughs> it's the worst Southern accent I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, like fucking Tom Hanks is doing any better. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. He's a fucking terrible thing. So anyway, Jenny is uh, one of the detectives, I guess, working on this case. 
I love you. The cop, uh, who is her superior, keeps um, referencing the fact that this isn't a job for a woman. She mentions that her father was killed two years ago by a gang, so she feels duty-bound to continue his work. Then she mentions that she remembers her daddy so well. And then I would say the worst part of the movie happens. The fucking worst. It goes into a flashback. Ugh. And it's black and white. As far as we can tell. <laughs> There's banjo music playing in the background. And we see a gentleman with a cowboy hat on. An mm. Italian cowboy. A spaghetti western. Oh, that's very good. That's even better than my <laughs> gaucho marks. Anyway. <laughs> so we see him and he's trying to light a cigarette. Right? Now tell me if I get any of this wrong, Mo. Because I found some of this very confusing. I didn't write any of it down, so sure. He tries to light a cigarette a few times. And then it cuts to a nuclear explosion happening. Do you recall this? Yeah, yeah. Well, the explosion happens after he throws something over his shoulder. Right, so, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't connect that together. Yeah. Then it cuts briefly to someone doing their nails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what? he's, like, walking, but he keeps, like, bending over. And someone is trying to slash him with a machete, but keeps missing because he keeps bending over. Right. Okay. So that that is something that happens. I don't know why. Again, this cowboy is supposed to be that that cop's father, I'm pretty sure. She's not a cop. She's not? No. Are you sh- even though she talks to the guy who is a cop? Yeah, she's not a cop. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> so then we see the cowboy sitting at a table and he's drinking from a straw. Yep. He's like picking his teeth, but he gets distracted for a moment and someone puts poison in his drink. He was like reading a magazine. Can I just state for the record that this particular moment right here, this him sitting and drinking scene, is, I mean, amongst many other scenes in this movie, but this is obnoxiously long. Yes. You know, like, it's like two and a half, three minutes watching it at double speed. (laughs) And and I mean, like, take into account, this is a static image of a person just sitting there. Right. And then it goes, like, the, as the scene goes on, he's just picking up a magazine. And, I mean, it's the joke. It's the classic joke of him with the poison in his drink. And he right. keeps picking it up. But then he goes, oh, he's, he's interested in the magazine. And he puts it down and he picks it up again. and But he doesn't drink it. And inevitably, or uh, at the end of the scene, he ends up... Like, in- invariably. Invariably. That's a much, much better word than the one yeah, I was using. And he, and he fucking knocks the glass over. He knocks the glass is, over. Which, which, as soon as the scene starts, you know what's going to happen. Exactly. And then he seems yeah. to notice that something is wrong with the drink. Right. I don't know why. Like, she mentioned that her father was killed by a gang. I don't know why. I don't know what the context of anything that's happening here. It's not interesting. And it nope. sucks dick. No. But... Uh, following this little <laughs> vignette here uh, is one of my favorite subtitles in the entire yeah, in the is. entire movie because she explains that this is why she quitted her punk rock band. Yes, she she calls the whole thing disgusting. Yeah, it's disgust. She she seems to suggest that her rock her punk band was disgusting. No, uh, she's implying. No, she's implying that she had, uh, I think she's, well, I mean, this is what I got. Sure, no, please, I want to hear your interpretation. Who who fucking knows? Because, like, um, because I think it's Lieutenant Lee who asks her if this is why, this is a running joke, too. It's like every time this comes up, he asks her if this is why she quit. quit. Uh, I'll just fix it. Um, Her punk rock band. And she goes, yeah, it's disgusting. And he goes, it's a tough job, baby. (laughs) Just fucking (laughs) 
Idiotic. So later on, it's raining in Italy. Sure. And Bernie is out in the rain. And what's he doing? He's just playing with a scythe. Yeah, he has like a scythe. He's just swinging it around in the rain. And he's posing like an idiot. And his sister is just watching and shaking her head. Mm-hmm. And then later, <laughs> there's just some guy. He's just in his house, I guess. And he's sitting at a table and he's licking his lips and snickering at what is a bag of drugs in front of him. Yeah. So let's listen to his laughter because it's not irritating at all. <laughs> and it goes on like that. <laughs> So this is a uh, a slow drug scene where he puts some of this powder on a spoon, heats it up, uh, gets ready to inject himself with it, and then. So I guess you can say he's not shooting speed. And then, because you, you, you said it's a slow drug scene, I, I, I get it. <laughs> then we get a POV shot of someone behind him who hits this guy on the head with a hammer. And then we are shown that the person that was the POV was was of Bernie, of course. Who mm-hmm. has okay? So he has needles between his fingers and like Wolverine-like claws, and he stabs the guy with the needles. Is this right? Yeah, I don't really. I I don't know. This is just this. Hard, this is such a, super hard to it's see. So hard to see. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he jabs him with the with the needles and 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 injects whatever he had into him. Um, but the guy, yeah, the guy starts like bleeding profusely from the like the face and. And his forehead starts bubbling up and stuff. It's actually kind of a fun effect. It's a fun effect that goes on forever. Just too long. Yeah. It keeps cutting back to his arm where, like, the needles are going in deeper or something. Right. I I have no idea. It's just really weird. Yeah, I don't... Sorry, audience. We don't mean to seem uh, so confused by it. But you have to take into account two things. One, it's very, very hard to tell what the fuck is going on in this movie. And uh, two, we're idiots. And we don't understand things. Yeah, yeah, I am very dumb. But Bernie has injected this person who then starts bleeding from the face and it goes on literally four or five minutes and it is unbearable. <laughs> mm. So then we uh, get the classic uh, uh, thing that no budget uh, directors do where they see like an ambulance driving down the road and they just film it. But in this case, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. Because the next thing is that the cops are on this scene Um and they seem very confused, but they, they have made a connection between this murder and the previous one in that both of the murder victims were clients of the same dentist, which I have to say, very spurious in terms of a connection. Right. And, by the way, this is 40 minutes into the film. 40 minutes of a 60-minute movie. Yeah, where we finally realized the guy was a fucking dentist. So, so one of the guys, one of the cops says, he thinks it might be a coincidence and then she says something which makes no sense at all. She says, it was a coincidence that my father was killed by a ruthless gang. <laughs> Doesn't make any fucking sense. Not even yeah, a little and then bit. We, we get some, uh, isn't this where we get some more uh, dad recollections? We get, right. we get another flashback, back to the oh. black and white, where her father, again with the cowboy hat, is in a car. And he's trying to start the car and it won't start. So he gets yeah. out. Yeah, this one makes no sense to me. He gets out and he like opens up the hood and looks at the engine and he finds, I think, a bomb on it. Oh, is that what that's supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be a bomb. 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't put the two and two together. By the way, Mo, wouldn't it have made a lot more sense that when he throws this bomb away, that's when they use that nuclear explosion from earlier? Right. Yeah. So he throws it, and then he starts to run. And then eventually he snip, he snips, he slips on a banana peel and dies. Yeah, so that's not <laughs> him being attacked by a gang. That's him slipping on a fucking banana peel. So it's like he wasn't killed by a gang. He was killed by a pratfall. Well, he was scared into running, I guess. So oh, for fuck's sake. I mean, that, there's an that's, element. That's, that's tenuous at best, and no fucking court in the world would have... <laughs> would, uh, Mo, say, would, that, whatever. say that you're on the edge of a cliff. I am not on the edge of a <laughs> cliff. Say that you are. And I'm there in a spooky scream mask from the movie Scream. Uh-huh. And I'm there. You don't see that I'm there. I'm hiding behind a tree. And I go, Moo! I'm the guy from Scream! And you're like, oh no! And then you turn around and run off the cliff. I think I'm at least semi-responsible for your death. Yeah. But that... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, see, see, I, like, I'm just I like how I semi-convinced you with that fucking example. No, no. It's not even that. What if, I actually... sk- what if you were on the side of the road together? Uh, uh-huh. Getting some uh, pizza. And then sure. I'm like, hey, Mo. And you're like, what? I'm like, boo! And then you turn around and run into traffic and get hit by a car. That's semi my responsibility. Though you're, I, it's obviously you're being a fucking weirdo. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still stuck with the image of you dressed up as the Scream guy. The guy from Scream? Yeah, the guy from Scream. Um, also, the, the idea of you attempting to hide yes. also makes me laugh. Well, it's a big tree is what I'm saying. It's got to be a big dream. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, it goes uh, out of the flashback, back to the cops once again, where the guy asks, is this why you quitted your rock band? And she goes, uh-huh. yeah, God, how disgusting. And then someone says, it's a tough job, baby. Yeah. Then something really strange happens. There's like a really instantaneous shot of the lady cop talking to Bernie's sister for like one second. It's like a really brief shot. And I don't know why it's here at all. Mm. So then the sister is talking to Bernie. It must have happened so fast. I didn't even fucking notice yeah. it. I don't even have that in my notes. I swear it's there. And I don't know why. I'm, sh- I'm sure it is. I just didn't see it. Not worthwhile to write down. Nah. So the sister is talking to Bernie. Telling him that he's done a really good job so far. And then she rewards him. How does she reward him, Mo? She gives him a lolly. A giant lolly. I was- Which is great because he like sticks it up the back end of the mask <laughs> to, to eat it. It's <laughs> Actually, kind of a fun visual. Then someone buzzes the apartment. It's mm. uh, it's the saleswoman from before. She, but this time the this, what's the sister's name again? Jane. 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 She says that she's very interested in getting some shampoo, and mm. the saleswoman is so surprised in her interest that she says she can have it for free, and notably says that if she wants more, her address is on the bottle. Yeah. Which doesn't. I mean, I don't know why, but that's. That's when something confusing to me at the time of watching this happens. Now, I don't know if it confused you at all, Mo, because it makes sense in the context of this uh, movie. Because we see a woman later in a bathtub. Right? Right. Oh, this is so fucking weird. (laughs) This is a really weird scene. So there's a woman in a bathtub and someone is watching her. Yeah, while eating like popcorn. Popcorn really loudly. And then he's like eating and drinking. And we then find out that the person watching her isn't watching her. He's watching a TV which has her on it. 
Right. And I actually really love the fact that, like, him eating the popcorn turns into essentially, like, a dick in the popcorn bucket gag. Yes. But but, but instead it's a knife. Yeah. So he, he puts his hand in the popcorn, pulls it out, and his finger is bleeding. He, right. he He follows that by doing what anyone would do, which is put your hand right back in there. Sure. And he pulls out a machete, or he, like, pulls it out a little bit, and the machete is held by Bernie. Uh, and then the guy burps, and apparently the burp smells so bad that Bernie passes out. And then the guy runs off, and it's like a silent movie where they're like chasing each other. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Bernie strangles the guy. <laughs> and the, the, while he's doing it, the guy tries to burp again into Bernie's face, but he has a safety pin on the nose of his mask. <sighs> this happens in this fucking movie. Yeah. So Bernie then takes the guy and puts his hand in a sink and then pours hot coffee on it. Yeah, which somehow like melts his hand. Basically. Yeah, uh, I mean this is this whole sequence is kind of H.G. Lewis ish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I got to find a comparison point somewhere. Uh, yeah. Then he pours salt on the burned hand, nice, making it bleed. Then he the piece de resistance. Bernie takes the guy's face and he pushes it up against a meat slicer. And then he keeps like slicing the face and blood pours down the side of the meat slicer. And then the scene ends with Bernie holding, which is like a a mask of the guy's face. It's just like a slice that is kind of face shaped of skin. Yeah. Which was again, you know, like a lot of the effects, a lot of the practical effects in this are actually really kind of fun. You know, but, like, it's just they're attached to a really tedious movie to watch, so... Uh. So, uh, by we're the... Get, we're get, by the way, we're getting to my favorite scene. We're, we're getting to the... Is... We're getting very close to the end of the movie. And, in fact, yeah. Mo, what I'm discovering here is that somehow I've accidentally deleted the last, like, five minutes of this movie. But that's okay, because there's not much that we're missing here, and I can remember everything else. But this goes into some church bells ringing. Uh-huh. And that female cop, she is in, I not, guess, what is a semi... Oh, right. She's not a cop. I'm sorry, Mo. Not a cop. <laughs> Very sorry. <laughs> she's just a punk rocker who's solving crime. She's a, she's a crime-solving punk rocker, and she's walking through a cemetery, and she's like, Daddy, can you hear me? Can you, fi- <laughs> can you hear me from heaven or from hell? <laughs> and then someone throws her a bass guitar. <laughs> and then what happens, Mo? Oh my god! Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, and she and she says she basically says something to the effect of, "Well, can you hear me now?" And like, and basically, it just cuts to a music video. <laughs> so now we are fifty-one minutes into an hour-long movie, <laughs> and this song they play an entire performance of this song, the entirety of the song. Okay, let's play a little bit of the song, which again we heard of. Lo- uh, I love this. Yeah, this song's great. Too, so too. let's. I think I get a little bit of the beginning here. There you go. Now remember, there's only like a couple of minutes left in this movie. It is interesting that they're singing this in English. By the way, this sounds really bad in it, too. (laughs) 
All right. So that's what happens oh. there. Sorry. It's if you want to listen to the whole thing, it's actually I think there, there's even a recording of the whole song on a different YouTube video on YouTube. Nice. Um so they play that whole music video. It's just the band in a small room performing the whole song, and the room is covered in posters, which again, very bad quality video. It's hard to tell, but I do think one of them is uh Lucio Fulci's Zombie 2 is in there. Yeah, I think it is. So that whole performance happens, and then it cuts back to the female not cop who says and she, that, and she she's real sad about how she misses her band. But then she gets a phone call because I guess cell phone technology was really ahead of the curve in Italy in 1988. And she says, Hello? What the fuck? Another slaughtered slob? Okay, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. All right, Mo. And from this point on, you're gonna have to take the lead. Oh shit! I think what uh, happens now is the bathtub. Uh, the sorry, the the woman, the um, Avon woman, right? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, she actually, what happens here is uh, they get a call about uh, about another murdered client. She rushes uh, to the dentist's office right. and arrests and arrests the dentist, who is of course drinking. Um, she confronts Jane and tells her basically, "You need to find another job because your boss might be a murderer." Right. Right. Um. Uh, then, by the way, get, I don't uh, think you can arrest someone just because someone has been killing his clients. I don't see how it's his fault that that's happening necessarily. But they're like, right, exactly. they're like, we're going to take you to the police station and put you in yeah. jail. Yeah. Um, by the way, how is she able to do that if she's not a police officer? I don't know, but you. she's not a police officer. Oh, all right. <laughs> um. Anyway, so then, uh, uh, uh feel the burn. Uh, sneaks into uh. uh, uh <laughs> Sneaks into a, a, a woman's house, um, and she is about to take a bath. Uh, he, for some reason, has a bucket of eels with yes, him. Yes, he has a bucket of eels. That's very good. Yeah. This, this, by the way, is my is one of my favorite expositional scenes in a film ever. Um, but yeah, so he slides, he slips the eels into her bathwater. No, I, I think uh, it's where, more accurate to say, Mo, that he slips the eels into bathwater. Into some water. A clear water, which yeah, is notable because she's taking a bath. She's taking a bubble bath. A bubble bath. Yeah. But the water yeah. with the eels does not have any bubbles in it. Not at all. <laughs> and I love the fact that they now cut to a guy. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't uh, write down most of what he says except for the one real notable thing that these, uh, that these eels that he is using. Because basically they just cut away to a guy who... Who explains what the eels are? Yeah, he's like and an that, expert that, on this, like I guess these animals. Yeah, he's he's exposition man. He's basically James. Uh, he's basically uh, what's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio in Sinister. Sure. Um, D'Onofrio. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, also Italian. Uh, and, and he explain he he gives a scientific name for them, and that they're just called killer eels, and that they are from New Jersey. Yes. Which. To me, makes perfect sense because nothing good comes out of New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't care if you're from New Jersey; it's awful. Um, and then, uh, and then it, it like it just goes on like that for like, what about a Springsteen? Or what about him? He got out of New Jersey. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, and then, like, we it's cut a death back trap. And, like... It's a suicide <laughs> rap. You better get out while you're young. Yeah, anyway, we please continue. <laughs> All right, Clarence. All right, Clarence Clemens. Um, the big man. 
Uh, and then Bernie starts hallucinating yes. or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what the hell's going on. By the way, the woman, uh, the woman who was being killed here was like the Avon woman. But I yeah. did not realize that was the case, even though it's the only thing that makes sense, because she looks, for some reason, entirely different in this scene. She looks completely different. Right. Because she's probably a different person. Yes. Uh, Jenny talks real quick about um, how they... Well, they found something out else about the dentist, and she's going to go talk to, quote-unquote, that sluttish nurse. Yes, that seems a very mean way to describe her, considering... Well, Jenny's not very nice. Mm. (laughs) And she's also not a cop. Let's not make any mistake here. Right, right, right. Um, So finally, Jane says something about how, like, how, like, nothing can stop her. Yes. She's basically uh, celebrating her victory. Yeah, how she could even kill a god if she wanted to, and, and <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. And and at this point, Bernie's now like shaking his head no, and he's and she's pissed off because he's not obeying her. Um, let's see what else. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else happens. Well, what happens is while she's saying that, we discover that uh, the the not cop is there in the same room listening right, she, to yeah, her. She, she she hears everything. Yeah, yeah, she she heard she saw everything. <laughs> Yeah. Then she I drove saw everything. Then she drove away on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so then she kills Jane because Jane attacks her. Yes, she shoots her uh, in the head. Yeah, right. And then we get the big reveal of Bernie showing his burnt up face. Yes. And his face and it looks pretty good. It's a pretty good burnt it's, up face. Yeah, it's not a it's not a bad effect. I mean, um, look, for what we're dealing with here, it's pretty good. Yeah, and she does. She does have this great line where she says that she's going to spare Bernie, but she's actually punishing him to live. Yes, that's right. Because yeah. having burnt skin makes you want to be not alive. Exactly. And then the movie, uh, quote unquote, ends with uh, with a very artistic shot of Bernie holding up a flower and pulling the petals off in a really violent manner. Yes. And so this is where I noticed that something was wrong because, th- like, this the is where you noticed credit- that. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I guess that's not entirely true. But uh, the, the 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 end title comes up. It says the end, but there's still six minutes left to the film. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, I'm like oh god, oh fuck. And then uh, then this, then we see that this is actually the movie that was within the movie, and we're back to uh, the guy who was watching it before, right? Um, for some reason, somebody is like sneaking up on him and filming him. Yes. And then, like, it turns out that either, like, now he's Bernie or something. The person who's filming him is wearing almost like a like a, a blank white mask. Right. And they pass the guy the Bernie KKK mask, and he puts it on, and now he's the new Bernie. Right. Right. Is that is that what it's supposed to be? I think that's what it, it's supposed to be. To set up, of course, no, my no lovely sense, burnt but... brother and his squash brain, too. Com- Electric Boogaloo. C- coming soon. To a theater near you, directed, of course, by Josh Johnson. <laughs> That's all I can figure. Or maybe uh, Johnny Dickey can take a take a shot at this. I'd watch that. Yeah, I think you'll have trouble with getting that KKK mask. <laughs> hey, look, you want to offend people, you can offend people. And why not in a weirdly fucked up Italian, no budget, subtitled movie from 1988? Well, you know what, though? Here, here's what I say. If he wants to update it to make it a little less offensive... Uh, Donald Trump mask. I, I was just going to say a Donald Trump mask. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, what are you getting political here on this show? Whatever. We're not allowed talking uh, about these things. 
Yeah, so then we get a, we get another uh, a title that's that basically says, "Who are the monsters? Who are the is monsters? Bur- is Bernie a monster? Are you a monster?" Uh, which of course just reminds me of that Simpsons scene. <laughs> are you? <laughs> just cuts to wake up. He's like, ah, I guess it's my job. I, uh, I guess. <laughs> so we got another false finish. Um, we we get another flash to Bernie for a second. Uh, we get another music video montage of basically all of the deaths from the yes, film, plus right. plus some more filler material. Uh huh. And then we finally get the real end. And the real end has, yeah, the title of the fucking movie on it again. Yeah, again. And that is My Lovely Burnt Brother and His Squashed Brain, also known as My Lovely Burnt Brother. But I'm going to say the full title every time. I'm just going every to do time. that. Every time. Yeah. And uh, I would have to say, believe it or not, that it's not bad. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's incomprehensible. Honestly, honestly yeah, uh, honestly, as ridiculous of a movie as it is, like, I could actually see getting together with a couple of friends and watching this just for fun. I mean, I, I may even watch this again at some point, but it is it is a thoroughly ridiculous movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's short. If you had, a, yeah, if you had better short. video quality, that would make it a little bit easier to kind of take it all in. Because a lot of it, when you're watching it, you're kind of frustrated by the fact that it's hard to tell exactly what's going on. But in its current mm-hmm. form, even, you know, it's not boring. I mean, there are sequences that are boring because they just linger on things that aren't very interesting. But overall... <coughs> flashback, flashback. Those flashback <laughs> scenes are a little tough to get through. But overall... Look, this isn't even in the top 10 percentile of bad movies that we've watched on this show. Not even not even close. But it is crazy. It is fucking weird. It's a really, really yeah. strange movie. And I'm glad that someone made it, and I'm glad that it's managed to exist up to 2016. Because this is the yeah. kind of shit that usually would just get lost forever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a real interesting specimen. So I, mean, I can understand why Josh would, would compare it to Science Craze, sort of. Um, just because it is such a weird specimen in filmmaking. But... It's yeah, it's it's not particularly good. Um, not that science crazed is is great or anything, but it's one of those movies where you wonder but, about the motivation behind its creation. Right, ex- exactly, exactly. And 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 it's really funny because like ever since you mentioned something about you know uh, trying to be John Waters esque, like it gives the whole movie a different sort of vibe, you know, to me, but. Like, it's not, it's not John Waters-esque at all, but, like, you can really now see where their motivation was with a lot of the things they were trying to do. Yeah. It, it's funny that no one really involved with it went on to anything that I can see of note. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is very much a one-and-done type thing. I would be very interested to hear more about what, really two parts of it. One is why it was ever made in the first place or what their motivation was or who their influences were. But the other big part is, how did this make it to the States, right? Why does this – who who got this in the hands of somebody who managed to keep it and keep it in a form that allowed them to still present it on YouTube of all goddamn places in 2016? I I just Mm. like to be able to to kind of trace – that path. So if uh, you are a listener who knows a little bit more about my lovely burnt brother and his squash brain, and at least somebody over at the No, no Budget Nightmares group, they recognize what the movie was before we even uh, gave it the title, um, then please tell us more about it. We're always interested in these backstories. Sometimes they're as interesting or more so than the movies themselves. What are we talking about? Reanimator Academy again? Reanimator Academy. <laughs> a favorite. A No Budget Nightmares favorite. <laughs> was uh, Redneck County Fever, of course. Mm-hmm. Mo, 
We've already decided what we're going to be watching on the next episode of Nobody Nightmares, and I just noticed yeah. it's also a movie from the year 1988, maybe the the peak year for shot on video cinema. It was a big year for SOV, absolutely. This movie was shot in blood vivid video for your viewing pleasure. Nice. And it was directed by Wally Koz. I'm so excited to do to, to be covering this. On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, we're going to be watching 1988's Five 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 Five. 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 Yes. <laughs> five 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 on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares. This is one that people have been asking for for a while. And uh we're gonna give it almost to you. Almost since almost since day one. X gonna give it to you. Wow. That's us. We're All X right. and we're gonna give it to you. Oh, is that what we are? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Mo, if people want to check out more episodes of No Budget Nightmares or just want to find out what it's all about, what's the best way for them to do so? Oh, they can uh, hop over onto Facebook, do a group search for No Budget Nightmares, or just go to facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares, one word. Uh, they can check out uh, our archive of past episodes if they want to over at nobudgetpodcast.com. Or they can, of course, go to dorkshelf.com where they can not only yeah. find the latest episodes but also su- subscribe via iTunes uh, and all of that good stuff as well. I should mention once again, uh, the new version of the site will be coming very, very soon. And we'll have the um, the notable links to both our RSS feed, our Stitcher account, and all that sort of shit if you want to subscribe in some other way. But right now, of course, the best way is through iTunes and you can leave us a review as well. And of course, on our page, there's the link to the Patreon account. If you want to support the show, that's a good way to do so. As well. Mo, you can also be found, I believe, at Drunk on VHS, all one word on Twitter. Yep. And I can be found at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. E-Y. And Mo, I believe, we mentioned John Cross earlier, you've been providing some writing to John Cross's website, The After Movie Diner. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've uh, to date, I've still only done the one review uh, for Outlaws and Angels. But that's changing um, very soon. But that that's changing very soon. I just finished up today a review for Kevin Smith's new film Yoga Hosers. Give us a so I won't give us a hint. I'm not not going into any details on it at all here. Uh, although if you are friends with me on Facebook, you know exactly how I feel about the movie. I'm Canadian. Uh, Isn't it supposed to appeal to somebody like me? Sorry about that, eh? Oh, that's funny, right? Because that's how we talk here in Canada. The entire fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's a one joke movie, but um, yeah, yeah. So that's that. Uh, I, I, you know, it's it's honestly, it's the longest review I've ever written, uh, where I talk almost exclusively not about the movie. It's the way to do it. But um, but yeah, yeah. So that I don't know when John's gonna put that up. I just send him the text files, and he does with it what he does with it. Uh, but yeah, so I'm doing a review for that, and then tomorrow, uh, well, probably. Well, tomorrow by today's standards. Um, <laughs> It'll be today I'm, by the time this comes out because this thing has to come out on Monday. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, I'm going to be uh, writing up a review for the uh, the the Kickboxer remake. Oh, nice. Yeah. Kickboxer Vengeance. With Bautista. Yeah. Who actually is a surprisingly good Tong Po. Like, I mean, like, because Tong Po doesn't talk ever. So... You know, so there's like two lines of dialogue for for Batista, and he kind of ruins the entire scene. Nice. Uh, in, in the two scenes where he actually talks, but um, you know, just as being uh, an intimidating sort of like tough guy character, he's a great choice for that. 
Like, in fact, I was telling a friend, too, like, if they ever wanted to remake uh, Bloodsport, he'd be a great Chung Lee, you know? Well, maybe I mean, that'll be the next step. Yeah, they shouldn't call him Chung Lee because he doesn't look Asian <laughs> at all, but... Uh, they can Asian him up a little bit. Yeah, they... Uh, People love when they do that in movies. Yeah, they, they love they love yellow face actors. <laughs> uh, you can find my writing over at dorkshelf.com now. I have started, since the first the last episode, sorry, of No Budget Nightmares... My Empire uh, International Films retrospective, where each week, and if I sound tired, it's because I've been putting so much goddamn work into this. Uh, mm. Each week, I'm both writing up a review of uh, one of the movies released by Empire International, as well as a video I'm putting together, which traces the history and shows some of the notable moments and some of the background of each one of these movies. And Charles Band was nice enough to uh, compliment the work today, and I'm glad he did because, man, it's so much work. And I need people to watch these things. My most recent review is for 1982's Parasite, with uh, Demi Moore making her film debut in it, uh, and with these these are uh, these are videos. Yeah, yeah I, I'm doing write-ups on each one, as well as uh-huh. around five-minute-long videos uh, with me kind of tracing the history of the each movie. Oh, neat, um, neat. Yeah, and it's yeah, and I, it's been a lot of fun, and it's uh, there's a lot of kind of weird trivia involved in it but uh, it's a lot of work so if you can check that out over at dorkshelf.com mo have you seen any movies lately aside from that kickboxer one and that uh yoga hosers one yeah yeah i watched uh the new uh natasha leone vehicle uh anti-birth right uh which was long and boring and stupid okay uh, reviewed um, by I- mo porn yeah, I might. I yeah, yeah. The, if if this is any indication of what my review, my written reviews are like, uh, no, it's. It, I might actually write a review for that one too, but I didn't particularly care for it. Um, and I've watched a couple other movies, but honestly, I've been doing a really terrible job of keeping track of what films I watch. So, you know, whatever. I do know, and whatever. Uh, my. <laughs> Uh, the next movie I'm going to be covering for this retrospective is Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. Oh, I love that. Which is about to get a special edition Blu-ray, I think, coming out in September. So, like, sometime this month. But, of course, I don't have that. So, <laughs> I'm just going gonna... to... Are, are they going to upgrade the uh, the 3D scene? Uh, my understanding is that the version on the Blu-ray has both the uh, 2D and 3D version. So, nice. yeah. So, you'll be able to watch that in old school 3D if one is so inclined. I, however... Yeah, I have... Yep. Uh, I was going to say, I have the, uh, the the VHS of it um, that has the, the, the 3D scene intact. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's painful to watch one way or the other, like that particular scene. But I, I, I love that movie so much. And in fact, Parasite, which again, I just, I just covered on it. That was uh, a 3D movie as well. Um, nice. <laughs> and you can tell because there are scenes where like a creature just like, Bursts from someone's stomach right into the screen, but there's also a great one where someone gets impaled by a um, by a pipe, and then the camera just slowly zooms in on the pipe, which has like <laughs> blood dripping from it. I miss that kind of 3D where they really yeah, kind of right. go all out. The last movie I kind of saw that really took advantage of that was actually My Bloody Valentine 3D. That was a good movie. I've I've actually heard that the 3D in that particular uh, one was was decent. I like 3D when it's like a fucking carny trick. Right. Yeah. Exactly. When it's when it's a big gimmick. Like I don't like. I mean, like I saw uh, the Force Awakens in 3D, and I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. What's the fucking point of watching this in 3D at all? It's just giving me a headache. You know. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> 
No, but I mean, I, that was the second. Thank goodness that was the second time I, I, right. I watched it. The first time I saw it in 2D and it was great. But uh, yeah, it's like I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I like I like it when it's a, when it's like a trick, when it's a gimmick. Yeah, you know, I like it. That's Not, that's my thing, man. I like it to be yeah. a gimmick. I like it when yeah. someone is pointing a gun at the screen or swinging a sword at the screen and it's totally right. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But Mo, that's it. That's my lovely burnt brother and his squashed brain. <laughs> squashed brain. Yep. 1988. I film with guts. Lots of guts. Eh, not really that many guts mm, when you think about not it. Not much. Not much at all, actually. On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, five, five, five. But until then, we have to say goodnight. We have to close, <laughs> close the book, the No Budget Nightmares tome. We're going to close it up for another two weeks and we'll be back very soon. Yes, yes. Good night, everybody. Check out dorkshelf.com. Yeah. Yes, do it. Do it. And check out After Movie Diner for Moe's Yoga Hosers review. Coming soon. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, folks.